This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For, and I am so blessed today to have Sabina with me. Thank you so much for joining me. You are so welcome, and thank you for inviting me. I'm so grateful to be able to chat with you today. You're it's just amazing to get to know you more in your heart. And I will say, I, whenever I have talked to some hygienists and the, the work that you do, it's like I sometimes get with the sciencey nerdy part aspect of it. And that's usually what I only get. Like I get all of you and I love every time because we get a nerd out about nerdy things. Um, and then we also just get like you have one of the most beautiful hearts. Um, and I just love the wisdom that you spew out. And so I'm always a huge advocate for you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. So for the people that do not know who you are, can you give a quick little snippet of about you? Absolutely. I am Sabina Colligan. I'm a certified industrial hygienist and a certified safety professional. Um, I have found my niche in the safety world around um, leadership and outreach, talking about equity and health and safety programs, um, but also finding a way to effectively communicate about what we do to everyone so that safety is accessible. And that's so powerful and so true. It's what we're need what we need in this world and that some people don't understand that it's not equitable at times. So that that's an interesting conversation to always get into. But the show is called Unapologetically Bold. So, Sabina, what are you no longer apologizing for? I am not sorry for radical self-love. That was tough. Um, And it's a challenge. It is a journey. And it's not perfect every day. But I've created that space for myself. And I hope to create space for others around that as well. So tell me more. When did you start to understand the need for love in general, but then the radical part that comes with it? Um, Yeah. So for me, it was a lot of trying to find ways to conform, um, to be accepted. But in doing that, I was losing myself. Right. So and we have all of these values and Um, even our language, right? Our name, someone else has given a lot to us. And so as we grow, we start to shed a few of those layers a little bit at a time. And I had to make the decision at um, some point to just love me. And um, it happened, it it started, but then it got radical. (laughs) Um, So it started really in my career. Then I'm going to the military. My mom was like, absolutely not. 
your grandfather was in the military, I was in the military, not happening. <laughs> and so um, I had to make a decision for what was best for my career. And telling your parent, no, I'm doing the exact opposite of what you've always told me, right? That is kind of radical if you think about it. Um, and then as I continued in my career, I was doing things to conform, right? I straightened my hair or I wore extensions. Um, I put on a face full of makeup all the time. And it was because I wanted to meet this standard that was there. And um, a few years ago, I said, you know what? I'm going to embrace my curly hair. It, if I hit the humidity, you're in Georgia. I hit humidity, it doesn't matter how much product I put on my hair, it was puffing. <laughs> it was like, I love the time I got back from just loving what I look like. Um, and I just decided, you know what? I'm doing that. So then I embraced it to the point that I said, I'm going to start a blog called The Curly IH. And this will become part of my identity. Um, but part of that was because I had found so much value and worth in my job and what my corporation was valuing me as that I was losing myself. Mm -hmm. And so I said, who am I? What is my brand? What do I care about? And that's why I started the blog. And I said, you know what? It's going to be me and it's going to be me with my curly hair. And I'm going to love myself for that. Um, and then it got really radical because I felt that I was not being valued at the company I was with. So I said, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go out there on a leap of faith because I need to take a break and I need to love myself. I need to create space for myself. Um, and it, it was radical. And people were like, you, you're not really quitting. You just don't want to tell us where you're going. And I'm like, no, I'm quitting and I don't have a job. I have no plan. I'm moving across the country and I'm going to embrace the journey. And it has felt radical in some of the decisions, but it is all from that place in, in my heart that I needed. I needed to be there for and create space for others to be okay when they make those um, radical journeys out of out of a place of love. And I think that's so powerful, the power of love. And I talk about this on a, a few of the other po podcasts that a lot of people think of love as like this fluffy feeling thing. But for me, like I, I'm a person of faith. So and my people know this, that's listening to it's not like I'm going to spew Jesus all over people. But like God had to give me a like stop, whoa moment in my life to say, hey, you don't love yourself. You don't even know how to love like you need to take this time and make a break for you. And it was me having my kid, my child. It wasn't and it was not a situation that I wanted. But in that it was one of the biggest blessings, but the scariest moments. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to to hear more about even in your walking out in love that some people are like, okay, that, that sounds good. Like I can do it, but there's some hard, there's some hard questions. You get a hit like hard, hard. So talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So, um, I have this, I, I categorize every interaction experience thought in two different spaces out of love and fear. And so you react differently out of love and out of fear, right? Like 
I make the decision on what I eat sometimes. And am I doing this out of a place of love or is something scaring me, right? And I'm, I'm retreating into a place of comfort to find love where I could just make a loving decision for myself. Now, so anytime I'm faced with those challenges, I, I try as best as I can to stop and say, am I approaching this out of a place of love and a, or a place out of fear? Um, so when it came down to really embracing myself, right? Because you start loving yourself first and then you can just flow into other people's cups. Um, and when I made that decision, it was really because I realized that it felt detrimental the decisions that I was making, right? The extra hours I was working um, or the trying to put myself in situations to talk to people that may not really have anything in common with me and didn't care that I existed, to be honest, right? But trying to fit in. Um, and I was making these decisions, but that wasn't for me. So it felt draining, right? And it felt like it was exhausting and making other choices, right? Because the fear was, is that I wouldn't be accepted and that I wouldn't be able to thrive at my company or in my career if I didn't fit into these other standards. And turns out I've gotten way more traction, like literally like right after I made the decision that I'm stripping myself of all of that fear that if I just show up as my best self, as my authentic self, that people will love me as well. But it was really just the fact that I had all the love and I'm just like now this love spewing um, person that just walks into a room and, and it allows me to leave those rooms too without the burden of other people. Um, even if even if I walk into a room and people are like, you know, we just don't, we never clicked, that's fine. And even if it's a jerk, right? I'm able to not leave frustrated, but to say, you've experienced love and you've experienced fear. So you're human and mm -hmm. I respect you as a human. And I walk away because we've all had bad days. We've all been jerks. <laughs> and so, you know, empathy and just move on. It's been so helpful to my life. And that's so powerful, too. And it's something that I was talking with. Uh, another friend about in the safety world who is a hygienist as well. Um, and we were talking about how love is slowly making it to the safety realm. What would be your wish for safety in general for to come and about how people will understand love and that it's actually a business decision in, in the end? What would you say to that? Um, so it wouldn't even be just safety, you know, like I really wish that we could love one another and see each other as being worthy. Right. Mm. And when we talk about equity and health and safety programs, um, so the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health has a health equity division. Um, and they have said that the same institutions that have created racism, xenophobia, the pay discrepancies, all of these things are the same institutions that impact health and safety programs. And so if we all felt like each other was worthy of 
truly worthy of going home happy, healthy, and safe, right? And we put all of our energy that way, we would just change the world around safety. And the same way we get excited, we see like kids and they have on the safety vests and the hard hats and they're like, oh, it's so cute, right? And then, but when it's adults, it's just like, they should know better, like they gotta go do these things and we get super frustrated. Uh, but the same excitement that we have for children if we could have that same love and excitement for adults, the world would just change. And that's so powerful. And that's a new concept too. Like my brain is going, this is another reason why I'm talking to you because that's so true. Like I even find myself like at times being like, you should know better y'all. Like, especially whenever they do things that are just straight out mean and not even giving that grace to understand because in the backside of it, they have a story. Mm -hmm. Their story is not being told, but they have a story. And I think that's the power of, for me, my definition of love is to be patient, kind, honest, understanding, and not boasting of ill will. But sometimes I miss out the patient side and I'm missing out on the boasting of ill will. Um, because, come on now, you've lived this long. You've been in this. Da -da -da. But we don't allow people to, to learn or have grace um second chances um talk to me about that for a minute how much that that because that is radical self-love like to be patient with yourself or to even give yourself a second chance whenever you screwed something up so big talk to me about that and if you've had any experiences with it as well yeah compassion is really where it is right and when you have self-compassion then you're able to practice compassion for others, right? They talk about being able to love yourself before you can truly love others, but being compassionate with yourself is what's most um, applicable to me. And that's just my approach to it. There's dozens of words out there, dozens of synonyms and how people approach it. But when you're able to have compassion with yourself, like you're not beating yourself up for decisions, right? Like, I walked in somewhere and I didn't have the hearing protection that's required. I'm the person that designates hearing protection. And in my head, I was fine, right? Because I know the calculations and the amount of time I could be in that space without it impacting my hearing, but I'm supposed to be an example to others. And so instead of walking away saying, dang it, Sabina, you're just so stupid. I was like, oh man, you made this decision. Was it risk-based and calculated? If I try to justify myself, absolutely. <laughs> but not justifying myself, just going in and saying, you acknowledge it. You can go back and say, hey guys, I made this decision and it wasn't the right thing to do. I wasn't a good example. And making the opportunity the next time to be a better example, right? Just being able to have compassion with myself and not beating myself up. But if that is my standard approach, if I'm always doing that, right? Like if every time I'm like, oh, you ate five cookies today, that's okay. <laughs> Next time, think about why you're eating five cookies. Is it because they're that good or because you didn't sleep good last night? And then when you when that's your immediate response, that's going to be your immediate response the next time for someone else, right? Like that's how you react. And so inventorying how you react to yourself, because then it'll change. 
And that's so powerful too with the, the compassion. That's what we talk a lot about is that we have these comparison curses and it's a me, me versus we that we're always in this competition. And me and my brother actually had a, a conversation about this and that how we um, we equate it to the perfectionism that we mm-hmm. still are working on. I say I'm a, a, a recovering perfectionist failing daily because that's what I feel like. <laughs> yeah. but it's going from this comparison curse to the compassion and it's me with we. Like, like you just said, it's like you observe that, yeah, you did something, but okay, I want to be better for the better, not versus the better, in essence, and the power of that. So what has been some of the biggest barriers to bringing this forth? Because I've seen, like I was telling this other person, like I've seen this in HR and I've seen it in certain areas, but it's like, it's, I love safety, but I feel like everything comes to it a little bit like ladder (laughs) is the last part on some things um so talk to me about just in general like if we could bring everybody together what would be like the first thing or maybe the invitation or advice that you would give somebody about radical self-love and how to start acting it out yeah that's tough every every group is going to be different right like your experiences will be different. Um, and the first place that you can go, and it's not for everyone, right? But it's just getting acquainted with your own awareness, right? Like just labeling and not experiencing. So being aware of an emotion and not reacting right away to it, but just saying, oh, I'm experiencing something. What is that? And when you get to that place, like when you can tap into that that very, very, very small spot, right? Because our brains are fight or flight, right? It, your amygdala hits and it's like, I got to go. Um, but when you access the ports of your brain, they're like, you are angry. And just that little bit in between before I'm about to go off. <laughs> Right, just a little bit to say, oh, I'm experiencing anger. What triggered that anger? And getting curious about why you're experiencing those things, then you start to be able to, um, I I don't want to say control, but you're able to create some more space for what you desire your reaction to be. And so funny, I was in the store with my fiance. And um, a situation came up and my fiance is like, Sabina, you should be better than that. And I looked, I thought about it and I was like, "Mm, I don't want to be better than that. (laughs) Like I had access to the time and I'm like, no, I'm still going to give you a petty response because right now that's just what I'm feeling. But having access in between to make the decision and be like, you know what, I'm okay with that or I can do better next time. Being able to be curious about yourself, like basically like an observation of yourself is the most powerful place. And it's a practice and it is a journey, 100%. And I love that too. You're so right. It is a journey. And I love that you brought up the amygdala. I call it Amy. But yeah, because that's her, her gift. Her gift is to react immediately or she can see it differently. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, my favorite thing is that you did not say that control because what people 
I am trying to like help them understand it's very hard to control the controllables. Mm -hmm. Reset to the controllables. But to control the controllables, if you actually knew how much your body responds to things that you don't even know that they respond to, like it's so mind blowing. And so that ability to reset or to create space to be like, mm, yeah, this is my response. You might not like it, but it's my response. Yeah. <laughs> and but it, it does give you that sense of ownership and empowerment. And I think that is a much better way to look at. Well, I've got control, which can have what feels like a negative connotation to it, to saying I am empowered to decide how I want to respond, not how I've been conditioned, but how I choose based off of what's important to me. And that level of understanding is just absolutely incredible and it is a journey like you you may not get it right every time if you get it right every time then i would love to read your book <laughs> um, but you know it's just getting into that space and it, it does create the opportunity for you to love yourself more but to also share love and um, you just get more out of love than out of fear and i would love to talk about what you talk about a second ago is conditioning, yeah. how much conditioning that we have and the unlearning process. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> it, really sucks. It, does. it does. And sometimes you don't like yourself. Mm. Right? And I, I really encourage people to be okay with that because it's like trying on clothes. And sometimes you've tried on a version of you that you don't like and that's okay. You can change that version of you. And other people may have liked that version, like the whole 80s hairstyle things. I see some of it coming back. That's cool. And like, it's okay, but you can change that. Um, and, it, and it's okay to observe that you did not like that version. You have the opportunity to adjust to what you do like. It was nothing wrong with that version. That version is the best that it could with what it had. You've just upgraded. You got a new iPhone. You're doing great. So it's oh, all really good. And I love that too, that, that upgrade process in it too, because there's one thing that really bothers me with personality test is that they're like, this is you. This is you for life. And it doesn't change unless you have like this horrible experience. And I'm like, no, I've seen people make major changes and I am blessed and thankful that they have. And I'm blessed and thankful. I Like you wouldn't have wanted to know me 10 years ago. I was an absolute brat. I thought I was like in this hot stuff, like talking it up like I, I knew something like, nah, let's try again. I'm blessed who I am right now. And hey, maybe in 10 more years, I might want to change it again. Who knows? But it's, yeah. it's always a growing process. It is. Um, there's a song that I love. And one of the lines that she says is that you say I've changed, but it'd be a pity if I stayed the same. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we look at it like if Apple had come out with the iPhone and said, this is the iPhone, this is the only version of the iPhone that you'll ever get. Apple would not dominate the cellular device industry with that same device. Right. Like 
every September we're waiting, like, oh, when are they gonna make the drop? Like, is it is it gonna be something super spectacular? Um, so as as we expect other areas in the world to evolve, we also have to be okay with human evolution as well. Oh, I love it. So two part final question. People are apologizing for um, having and talking about radical self-love. What would you say to them? I'm not sorry. I'm sexy. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and then final part of that is where can people find you? They want to learn more about you. They want to just hear about Sabina and, and just the amazing work that you're doing. How can they find out? Absolutely. I have a blog, thecurlyih.com, um, and you can contact me on there. And then I'm also on LinkedIn, Sabina Colligan or The Curly IH. I love that. And also, uh, I looked at one of your blogs and I just absolutely loved it about flowers. Oh, and, yes. And I did not know. Okay. So here's a little extra, extra expert or like excerpt of this. Talk about the flower thing real quick, because that was so interesting to learn. Yeah, so I went to, um, oh, it's a museum in Atlanta around civil rights. And one of those areas around civil human rights is that there are flower pickers around the world, right? We go to the store, we buy a bouquet of flowers. But on the back end, the pesticides that are being utilized um, to treat these flowers, especially the flowers that are being imported into other countries. Um, this particular article um, focused on the United States, but they're actually causing a lot of illnesses, um, fatalities, even in other countries like Colombia. And um, it was definitely something that really stuck with me because I did not go into this museum thinking that there would be a concern around equity in the workplace for people. And another really bizarre um, find from that was that women are actually at risk of violence <laughs> because they're earning money simply to pick the flowers that we um, share on holidays like Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, which is right coming close. So it was definitely something that was um, challenging and hard to to acknowledge really because I buy flowers all the time. So really looking at um, fair trade organizations that make sure that there are the right protections in place for people. And again, creating equity for others around the world. Um, and then also following into the products that we purchase all the time. That's so powerful. And I love that you are using your voice to speak up about the things that you're finding. But also I will so say that is radical love. Like that's just, that's for self, but that is for others as well to see that how yeah, like some people think the butterfly effect, whatever, but it is, it, it's these small ripples make the, these giant waves. And um, if we can continue to do our part. So I appreciate you for putting stuff out like that. Keep it up. Y'all go check out Sabina. She, like I said, she is such an amazing woman and I'm blessed to know her. And I want to say thank you for all that have listened in until next time. Have an amazing and blessed day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for. If this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe. 
and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.